Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a special guest with us who's going to share her valuable insight and ideas about being even more time efficient so you can accelerate the achievement of your goals. Dr. Sarah Reif-Hecking is a time matters expert with 20 years experience helping people create and achieve their goals. She draws upon her background and experience as a psychologist and researcher to create elegant out-of-the-box solutions. Dr. Sarah is passionate about helping smart, creative adults that have a hard time managing their time and tasks figure out a way that works for them. She believes that there are no perfect time management systems, so I know you're going to enjoy her out-of-the-box thinking. Welcome, Dr. Sarah. I really appreciate you joining us. So great to be here today, Anne. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. So I'm curious, what makes your approach to time management different than other approaches? Well, I always start the conversation with this notion that we're all wired differently, so we have to be careful what we copy. And when I work more closely with people, they'll often say, you know, I've tried I've tried that guru's approach to time management, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, maybe it's Stephen Covey. Um, it might be something else. And what they find is that it doesn't work for them in some way, so they move away from that whole approach to begin with. So the thing that I know and, you know, based on my background as a psychologist and, you know, more than 20 years of coaching people in this area is that even though we're all human, our brains are, are all a little bit different and we all have different areas in which um, it's easier for us to think in particular ways and harder for us to think in particular ways. So we have our strengths and weaknesses and your time management um, techniques need to match how your brain, your body, your life, and your business work. And we're all unique in that way. So one of the things I know is that there are some tools that are helpful for most people, but we also need to make sure that we tweak those tools and make them effective for you in your current situation. So do you have an idea or can you share with us what some of those tools that typically are helpful but might have to be customized are? Absolutely. So there's some basic ones that people are going to, and if you're driving, be careful, you don't roll your eyes too much. Okay. So it's really important that you notice what these things are and then ask yourself, am I actually using them in a way that keeps me in relationship to my long-term meaningful goals? Right? So the first thing that you need to be able to do is know what is your list of things that is yours to do. Right. So many of us call that a to do list in larger companies. We might have project management systems that help us keep track of who's doing what and when it got done and when it needs to get done. For the individual, we all need to have our to do list that's set up in a way that works for us, that allows us to stay focused on what is only ours to do, delegate the other things and also make sure that the things that are ours to do that we wanna make sure we work into our day and our week and our month, that they are the things that are gonna move us forward in terms of our long-term meaningful goals. So this is where that goal setting and how you're using your minutes start to connect. Okay, and then how would we determine 
for us individually, what are, and I call them high payoff activities, what are the most important activities we need to do? How would we determine that if we don't know? I love this question because I, I think a lot of people will show up and give me a call, uh, come into a, a coaching session and say, I'm not sure what to do. Everything seems so important. And this is one of the things that um, is really, really uh, slows us down in our day and keeps us stuck. Um, people lose a lot of time and energy because they don't know which activities to choose. They get sort of overwhelmed. They get sort of like deer caught in headlights because they don't know what to do next. So I think the most important thing is to be really clear about what your goals are in your business and in your position. So um, you can then say to yourself, this is the business goal for X period of time. I like people to think about at least 90 days, if not more like a year. And then ask yourself, what are those key activities that are really gonna move me forward on that goal, move the business forward on that goal, and that are only mine to do. So this is that intersection between your job responsibility. So if you're a CEO, you're gonna have different responsibilities than if you're the chief marketing officer. Um, so you really wanna ask yourself, is this mine to do? Could somebody else do this job? If so, is this something I need to delegate or to hand off or talk with another team about? Or is it something that I should be doing? Because this is really the crux of the question, Anne, and I'm sure when you work with people on goal achievement, you, you get to this too, those high priority activities. You wanna be asking yourself, could somebody else do this job? And if the answer is yes, could somebody else do this activity? Then you wanna ask yourself, why am I doing it? And is it really in my wheelhouse? It is, is it really mine to do? Absolutely. And in some cases, I mean, some people don't have people to delegate to. Therefore, they have to figure out when they're going to do it. Right. Yes. Yeah. So so that comes to some uh, another tool besides the to do list or the project management system is your calendar and setting up your calendar as a time map as a plan to how you're going to spend your time in a way that's gonna allow you to meet your goals and get the right work done during your work day so you can do the other stuff that you wanna do in your life outside of work. So really, really important to make sure that you have that, what I call a flexible template for your week that allows you to make sure the must do activities get done, the ones that only you can do and that you have to do get done in a way that works for your energy level at a, at a particular time of day. So we get back to that notion that we're all wired differently. For some of us, we're uh, morning people, we wake up full of energy and sitting down and just working through hard um, mental tasks, that's a good time to do it. For other people, they don't really wake up really fully until afternoon, they might be in the office doing work, but but their best um, focus time might be in the afternoon. So this is where you want to start to match those really important activities to your normal rhythm as much as possible and to the rhythm in um, the work around you. That way you can lean into knowing you're going to get to the important activities. You're not going to forget to do them because there's a flexible plan. Now you can always click and drag because life happens and you want to make sure you give yourself some wild card time because there's going to be some stuff in your day that just shows up that you didn't plan for. And 
when you have a flexible template in place that's really working for you, it means that you actually have to make fewer decisions throughout the day and you're going to get more work done. I like that approach a lot. So, you know, so many of us are, I'm just going to say procrastinators in some area of our life. So mm-hmm. give us some insight on why are procrastination and let's call it overwhelm such big issues for most of us? Yeah. So so what happens is that we have so many things flying at us in our day and our electronics actually are a big um, cause of this, right? So many things that are beeping and buzzing at us that are really not necessarily um, important, but they feel important and they feel urgent because they come along with a beep or a buzz, which wakes up our brain and says, oh, pay attention to this. So one of the things that happens when people get overwhelmed is that it gets harder for them to then get focus and figure out the most meaningful and important activities to do. So they get overwhelmed, they have a hard time getting started on something, right? And then they are procrastinating and they get even more overwhelmed because they're feeling bad about that thing that they know they can do that they're not doing. And that is the simple definition of procrastination, something that you can and ought to do that you're capable of doing and you're not doing it, you're delaying it. And that is different from delaying things on purpose, which can be a really helpful time management strategy. So the procrastination piece is when we feel like we don't have control over that delaying. And what happens is we start to not trust ourselves. And then it becomes hard to plan things in general and to feel good about our ability to move forward on things. And it becomes this negative spiral where we get overwhelmed, we procrastinate, we get even more overwhelmed, we procrastinate more, and we just dig ourselves into that place where we feel really stuck. Wow. Yeah, that's a way too common and familiar environment for way too many of us, I'm sure. What are your five steps to help us bust through that nasty procrastination and overwhelm? So the first step is to really recognize what's overwhelming you. And I like to call this finding the beast. So if we think about that emotion that gets in the way of you doing what you know you need to do, and right now we're, we're, causing, we're calling it overwhelm, it could be um, freezing, it could be avoidance, it could be boredom. Um, But you really want to start to recognize specifically what's overwhelming you. What is that thing? Okay. so an example is um, one of my clients was looking at his to do list and realized that the thing that was overwhelming him was the thing that he kept copying over day by day, week by week and not doing. Okay. and that was making outgoing marketing phone calls. Right. So the first step is really to recognize that that thing that is overwhelming him is making those outgoing marketing calls. So get very, very specific there. And it's going to be a little bit different from each and every one of us. Um, But you want to notice what is that activity that kicks up the emotion, kicks up that overwhelm and find that beast. And then the next thing you want to do is notice what you're telling yourself about that activity and what you're saying to yourself in your head. And this is what I call taming the dragon. So you, if there's a dragon that lives in your village and is roaming around uh, you know, the North Woods, you're gonna wanna make friends with him after you find where he lives, right? 
you're going to want to make sure he doesn't sort of wander around in the village and, I don't know, eat the livestock, set the church on fire, or create whatever problems he might be creating. So same thing here, when you're recognizing what's overwhelming for you, you find the beast, and then you notice, what are you saying to yourself about that thing? So if we go back to the example of um, my client, Ted, who had the, um, the out, making outgoing marketing calls that were causing him to feel overwhelmed and to procrastinate. I said to him, so what happens? What's really happening in that situation? And he said, here's the thing, I hate making them, <laughs> right? So, okay, it's an activity he hates doing. And I said, tell me more, why do you hate doing that? And he said, I feel like I'm bugging people, like I'm just wasting their time. And like, they're not gonna answer the phone anyway, and I'm wasting my own time. So can you hear, Anne, in the background, how it'd be hard to get behind an activity that you feel like you're wasting other people's time, you hate doing, and you're wasting your own time? Oh, absolutely. Many of my clients have that same issue, so I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah. So I said to him, let's flip it around. Has there ever been a time when you've made those calls and they've gone well? And he said, yeah, actually, there's a group of clients that I call that are too busy to call me, um, but they really need help solving problems that I can solve. And I said, OK, so let's take that language. There's a bunch of people that you can help solve problems for. How does that feel? And he said, that feels a lot better. So I want you to notice this, this taming the dragon or calming that negative conversation in your head, right? First, you have to start with what is the negative conversation that's getting in the way of you doing what you know you can and should be doing. And then you want to create a positive conversation that's consistent with productivity. So for this client, it was, they're not marketing calls. We're not going to call them marketing calls because he hated making marketing calls, right? They're problem solving calls. And let's set up specific times in your day that you know you tend to have the energy for making those kinds of calls and do that on a regular basis. And then we even got more specific. Who specifically are you going to call each time? So that was planned ahead of time. So this goes to that notion that I mentioned before about setting up that flexible plan for your week. He knew there were two or three times during the week he was going to make these problem solving calls. and he knew exactly who he was going to call ahead of time. So in that moment, he didn't have to go looking for the materials or the phone numbers or the names or the details. So when we're talking about busting through procrastination and overwhelm, first, it has to be very specific, right? Recognize what's overwhelming you in that specific situation. And then you want to get really clear about what's the negative conversation and you want to create a positive conversation that's consistent with productivity. And then the next thing you want to do is enable your routines and your environment to support productivity. And that's the example I just gave you with Ted, where he got really clear about Monday, Wednesday, Friday, around 10 o'clock was a good time of day for him to make these problem solving outgoing calls. And he just set it up so it was a no brainer in his schedule. There wasn't a question about whether he was going to do it, it was set up in advance and it became a routine that was easy for him to do. And he didn't have to make a clear decision or move things around to make it happen. It was just already set up for success. So that's one example of enabling your routine to support productivity. 
And then you also want to think about your environment. So your physical environment predicts about 80% of what you're going to do. So your physical environment, I want you to hear this, really predicts most of what you're going to do. So you want to make sure that you are setting yourself up to focus on that activity that you want to get done, right? So in this example, Ted got really clear that he wasn't going to answer the phone during that time. He wasn't going to be looking at his email. He wasn't going to allow interruptions in his workspace. So he was solely focused on doing that one thing, which makes it a lot easier to get it done. So, and this is where that piece of positive self-talk, positive mindset is really important, but it's only one piece of the puzzle. You also have to take responsibility for setting up the physical environment to allow you to accomplish the activity that you want to get done. So that enabling your routine and your environment is really the third step. And then the fourth step is going to sound familiar to a lot of you, but it's really get support. So success never happens in a vacuum, and we're all human beings with emotions that get in the way of us doing stuff that we know we can and should be doing. So when that happens, make sure that you get the right kind of support in the right in that particular situation. Okay, so Ted ended up working with me in coaching because he was so stuck, he wasn't moving forward on important activities to build his business. So we were able to do that, working more closely together, set up those specific daily, weekly, and monthly routines that made it easier for him to do that. So get really good support. Now, it might be a business consultant. It might be a coach. It could be a colleague. It could be a friend. Just make sure that it's the right support for that particular situation. And then the last piece here, step five, is really keep restarting until you're where you need to be. And the notion here is that dragons need tending. So if there's a dragon that is in your neighborhood, um, you would want to make sure that he stayed in the north woods, right? You're going to set up your engineer, your containment system with your routines and your environment. You're going to keep him in one situation so that he's not going to accidentally cause problems for you. So same things here. If there's a dragon that lived in your neighborhood, you'd be checking the perimeters, making sure that the fence was going to hold him, that he had the feed that he needed, all of that kind of stuff so that you could remain friends and um, not be worried about your safety. So you need to make sure that you're noticing your emotions and that you keep restarting going through these five steps when they start to get in the way of you doing what you know you need to do. And it's really, really to, important to notice also that any important activity gets done because we keep restarting it, we keep restarting it, we keep restarting it. So that is really the last most important piece. Keep restarting until you're actually completed with that activity. So lather, rinse, repeat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> very robust process. It's based in cognitive psychology and it works very, very well. Awesome. I love that. I, I think it's, I mean, really, really important. Step number four, when you talked about getting good support is what you said. And I think that's key because we can get support, but it's not always helping us. Or we have people who think they're helping us and aren't. I mean, I had a, a client, for example, who set a bunch of what I call stretch goals for the year and his peers, his friends, 
everybody was telling him you're crazy there's no because he was trying to get their support and they were basically telling him you're never going to do that there's no way what are you thinking you're crazy that's really not helpful right so luckily he didn't listen to any of them and he actually accelerated the achievement of the stretch goals that he set and because he didn't pay attention to those people so i think it's critically important to get the good support that you were talking about. Yes, and support needs to be very specific to the situation. So, um, you know, those same friends that you were mentioning for your client might have been able to be supportive on in a different situation for different goals. But for those business goals, they couldn't see it. So really, really important that he was able to reach out to you and get the support there. And again, that's that piece of setting up your environment to help you do the things that you want to do, make it easier for yourself. Because I can only imagine if he didn't have you in the background that he wouldn't have been able to move forward as easily on those goals that really felt like big stretches for him. No, absolutely. He even shocked himself how fast he was able to actually achieve his goals, which was really pretty cool. What else do we need to know to really get started on important activities that are going to help us move us forward and build that momentum to help us get to where we want to go? Yeah, I think the most important thing here is to be really clear on where you want to go before you get started. And for most of us, that is long-term meaningful goals. So in your business, get really clear on what the goals are and what the actions are that are gonna move you towards those goals. And then use that as a way to prioritize your minutes in your day. So I talk a lot with people about, you know, how do I know I'm doing the most meaningful and important stuff? And I have a really simple answer. Is it related to your long-term meaningful goals? Most of your time in your workday should be related to your long-term meaningful goals. If it's not, then you wanna ask yourself, does it need to get done? Is it a distraction? Or is it something that needs to get done but somebody else could do it? And I know not everybody has somebody to delegate to, but it's really important to ask yourself, if somebody else could do it, and you don't have to be the one to do it. Number one, is there a way to delegate it? Could you bring on somebody to do that? Or is there another way to make it happen more easily and quickly? Is it something that simply could be automated or done less regularly? So that you can use that time instead to really move the needle on the things that are gonna lead you to your goals, right? And again, unless you are clear about your goals, both personally and professionally, and how they work together, you're not gonna be able to create that whole life that you crave. Extremely good points, because so many times I think we have a limiting belief that, hey, I don't have somebody to delegate to, so er, the brakes go on. Yeah, yeah, and I love getting creative about what delegation looks like. I can, and, and I love sharing you know, my own example. When I first started my business way back when, and I was ready to hire somebody to help me, I, the agreement I made was to have a virtual assistant help me one to four hours a month, right? That's not a lot of time. But I knew that I needed to get good at saying to somebody, can you do this for me? And I knew that 
at that one to four hours a month, it wasn't going to be a budget breaker, but it was going to really free me up to do some other revenue generating activities. So you can start really small and then you can also really think about um, you know, is there a way that technology can make things happen more easily? Sometimes uh, we have friends or family members that actually are really good at doing something that could help us out in the short run. Um, and we forget to think about our larger team, our larger community that could really support us. Because here's the thing, success never happens in a vacuum. Whoever you think is super successful in doing it on their own, it, it's not true. When you peel back that curtain, there's a team back there, even if it looks like they're a lone wolf. That's so true, so true. Matter of fact, I had, had one client, he was making all these research calls or looking online for things that he needed to get help with. And I said, well, how old are your kids again? And he told me and I said, so could they help you with this? And he was like, oh my gosh, yeah. You know, so he absolutely had his kids start helping him with some projects that he wanted to have them do. So it worked out really great. But yeah, sometimes we just don't be creative. We don't have somebody to help, you know, help us think through what needs to be done to really help us get to ultimately where we want to go. And typically there is a way, right? Yes, yes, there often is a way. And here's the thing. We all get stuck on what I call our behavioral treadmill, right? So we just kind of do what we do the way we do it. And we, particularly as business owners, forget to stop and take a look at the 10,000 foot view and, and say to ourselves, okay, if I was going to create the workflow today, how would I do it in a way that it happens more easily and quickly? And is there actually a way to take myself out of some of that? so that I can do the work that only I can do. And it can be really, really trans transformative. Um, and there's so many ways to creatively bring back time, whether I love the, you know, do you have a, do you have a teen or a 20 something that's, you know, better at the online stuff than you are? I often, uh, you know, things like even taking back an hour of your time by ordering in your groceries instead of you going to the grocery store to get them. Sometimes those things can make a big difference or having lunch delivered instead of leaving your office to go get it. Sometimes those little bits of delegation can really free up enough time to give you the space to think more creatively. Absolutely, and that time adds up to be substantial when you get to the end of the year and you look back and think about how much time really, I'm not going to say was wasted, but how we could have applied our time differently to get an even better result. Yeah, and I love thinking about how time adds up over time. So one of the things I say um, to my clients, and when I work with people, I know that I can help you do at least one more hour of something that's meaningful and important in your day. And if we add that up over a year, that's 365 hours, right? An hour a day, 365 days, that's 365 hours, which is actually more than nine 40-hour work weeks, right? So just think about one hour a day. And it, okay, maybe just a half an hour a day, right? How much that can really pay you back when you're using it in a way that's more meaningful and important to the path that you want to travel, to the business you want to build, to the life you want to have. 
Absolutely. And studies that I've seen and read about usually talk about when asked, people say, how much time have you wasted in the day? Most people say something like two hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And we know we're doing it, right? And sometimes... Um, it's important to notice, like, why, why is that happening? And this is the work that I do when I work more closely with people is we get a sense about, okay, so what is that for you? Why is it happening? And sometimes when we start to look closely, and I love this, you know, we, we sort of, we start to be scientists in, in my client's life, and we take a look at what's really happening. And sometimes they know what the time wasters and time robbers are. But usually when we look more closely, there's actually something else that's a bigger time waster and time robber than the ones that they're aware of. And that's when we really start to um, make big steps in terms of getting the right things done during the day so that you can easily get the things done during your workday that you want to get done and have time for all of the other things outside of work that you want to do as well. Yes, I know we both believe in having a balanced life, so it's not all about work. <laughs> yes, I like to call it a work-life blend because it's a little bit different for each and every one of us. And I also know that you're going to be able to be more effective during your workday if you have other things that you are doing that you love to do outside of work and also that you're taking care of your brain and your body in ways and, and that's called having fun, right? If we don't have time for fun in our day and our week, then what happens is it takes us sideways and then it feels like wasted time sometimes. It feels like a guilty pleasure and we don't get the true impact in terms of our mood and our energy that that fun can, can really, really have. So true, so true. Anything else you have for us before we part? I think thing I want to share is that time is really a non-renewable resource and we forget that we forget you can make more money you can buy more things but you can't get back time so that's one of the reasons why I really have a passion for helping people use it in a way that is meaningful to them awesome yeah wouldn't it be nice if we could get back time <laughs> that would be awesome well thanks again for sharing your very valuable time with us appreciate it Thanks so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Well, my hope for our time together with Dr. Sarah is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries and of course at accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And remember to subscribe to my Proven Business Success Tips and Resources blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always aim for what you want each and every single day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening. 